recording, SIM card in. Oh, do you want to be thinking your final uh, sound check? Check, check. Check, check. What's that beastie song? No. No. Welcome to our Water Polo Fit podcast. Uh, lovely evening to be with you all. Uh, it's Marin here. Uh, and next to me is... Uh, Jimmy Fowler. Okay, yeah, man, that's one of your more subdued uh, intros. I was trying to channel, um, uh, what was that, the request, love request? A oh, love song dedication. Love, I was trying to say. Richard Mercer, the love god. You reckon he was a good looking bloke? No. Did you ever call in? Uh, no, but I have had uh, friends or heard of people that used to call in. Did you, did you, did you, do you have any uh, stories? Is did this, you call um, in? One of the roaches? No, nah, it was uh, different. But yeah, what? What? Who? who Liam used to. Did he? Yeah. Well, let's fill it out. What's? Uh, oh, you just used to call up, do a couple of little love song dedications to the special lady in his life. It was for real, though. Yeah, it was yeah, legit. Of yeah. It wasn't. Uh, he's a romantic. Yeah, he's very romantic. Um, sorry, I was just checking my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Good intro. I don't. I don't think the love god would have uh, been checking his phone. Well, he was before his time. He would have had a. Uh, phones back then. Now he'd be big on socials, wouldn't he? He'd be on dating apps. hundred oh, percent, he would be. Good. What song would you request for uh, your missa or for loved one? At the moment, because I'm riding to Shit's Creek. Yeah. Simply the best. That by Tina Turner. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great song. She is yep. a babe. Um, I'll probably go with WAP. <laughs> <laughs> going for probably a little bit of a different tone there It's new school And uh, it's a song about a girl with a gynecological problem um. Right, Doctor <laughs> We've um, gone straight off course straight away um, Mate, how you been? What's been going on? Mate, I've been good uh, I, I mean, my, my beef of the week And part of the reason why this pod's a little bit late I um, uh, had a bit of a man flu uh, So apologies uh, my fault, Jimmy was ready to go, he was strong, but I uh, had a man flu, which is probably worse than corona, for those that haven't had it, or for the female audience out there, it is a deadly virus, a lot of men are close to dying when they have it, uh, and touch wood, I don't get sick that often, but when I do get sick, oh, I'm not good. So who was the beef actually with, just sickness in general? Flu. Flu, oh yeah. Yeah, although, you know what, I kind of feel sorry for flu, because it's kind of, flu and... Flu's like MySpace and Corona's like nah, Facebook. Yeah, it's no, kind, really of, talks kind about of done it out of its job, hasn't it? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, my beef is with flu. Right. Actually, you know what? Maybe my beef is with my immune system. I don't okay. know. Well, what, are you gonna, what have you done to improve your immune system? What, let's get straight into some hints and tips. What, right, what well, are you doing for it? All right, well, that's uh, actually a good question, and that'll be uh, for real for once. Um, so, the, according to research, zinc uh, is pretty good. Uh, viruses tend to... This like zinc uh, for men. Zinc's good for lots of uh, other functions like energy and your libido. Not that I don't need to... Pro- I'm okay there, <laughs> just, just for the record. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, zinc, uh, I upped my vitamin C uh, and I was just kind of trying to sleep. And then for stokers out there that um, uh, maybe got a bit of man flu, or, you know, if you get sick on a during a tournament... Um, you should probably travel with some zinc and vitamin C. And the biggest tip I can give you, don't take um, those subs on empty stomach. Uh, you want to take it after a meal or a bit of fat. 
sort of absorb and you get a full strength. Um, and uh, don't want to brag, but usually with, again, I don't get sick often, but uh, if I follow their formula, I'm usually kind of out for a day or two and then pretty good after that. So, oh, so you're back into it now, back into training? Back into it. Well, I didn't train tonight. Um, I do. I did take it a bit easy, and um, I was also a bit didn't want to spread my germs for um, to the other boys. Um, but I'll be back tomorrow night. What's that? Uh, what's that little for thing on your shoulder? For those um, so for those that are uh, been following us for a while, um, I like I've been I've been kind of dipping my toes into a bit of a MMA, a bit of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, and one of my one of my inside jokes in the gym was um, that I want to be a white belt forever. So I've been going there for a while now, but uh, I've been every time there was grading, I would uh, avoid it. Anyway, uh, I got stitched up tonight. Uh, the coach asked me to come down and do some filming. Uh, well, other boys are, and girls are getting graded, and anyway, I got my first stripe. So I'm not a pure white belt anymore. I'm a white belt with a one stripe. Very nice. So in terms of the f- when you usually do the filming, does that kind of make you like the Jamie Ryan of uh, the MMA? Um, well, I was, I, was, I was more channeling um, a bit more like a... Uh, Hubbo? <laughs> Matt Harris, uh, the current, uh, the great man, uh, probably the fastest man on, uh, on the iPad as well and coding. Um, but I thought I was, again, for those uh, UFC fans uh, on... On YouTube, there's a thing called UFC Embedded, and they follow the fighters a week before the fight. And uh, I thought I was, I was a bit of that action. I thought I was uh, Marin Lesnick Embedded. Very nice. Uh, let's get into it. I think listeners are just getting over this. We're losing listeners left, right, and centre. All right. Well, um, no, so, but what else? What else has been going on? What else do we need to be focusing on to tonight? We want to well, instead of it's probably our last one for the year. So instead of doing a the year in review, a little bit later, I want to get in some. I want to get into some goal setting. I want, yeah. We've talked about it a lot throughout the year. We've talked a lot about um, how people should train for, with a purpose and all that kind of thing. And I think this is our opportunity to to help people set up use the break that they're going to have over Christmas period. And I think a lot of people are going to take downtime this year yeah. and really switch off, which we obviously encourage. But how do you make the most of that downtime is what we want to cover on later. Yeah, and I think it'd be good, good, uh, good last app for the season to talk about uh, also how to get, take care of yourself. Uh, I, spoke to you, I spoke to you during the week about some mental health and mindfulness tips we can discuss. We should probably talk about the grand finals that happen uh, on the weekend. Yep, and, a couple uh, of cracking games there. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, what's what's up for next year? What are the exciting things coming up for 2021? Sounds good. Um, well, um, well, let's crack into it. So, um, yeah, earlier this week, I, um, well, earlier in the year, heard a really good talk from Gus Warren around, um, around, it was around mental health and it was around making sure that in times where you're not able to train, where you're not able to be with your mates as much to to still focus on on your mental health and your mental and um and mindfulness um so that's what kind of piqued my interest initially um he's talking about working through mental uh, mental health tips and then during the week heard heard another um another really good talk and um this person gave a few really good tips that i would like to share with the team so i've got top six tips here and um, some of these things uh, well, you've been talking about for a little while, so I'll just go through them and you jump in with anything you kind of want to add. All right, I'll uh, add my two cents worth. Tip number one, 
Turn off all screens by 9 p.m. Um, I agree. Do you um, do it? Uh, do I do it? Yeah. Uh, so that's where I was going to go next. Uh, for some people, they love reading. Uh, it's probably quite easy. Uh, if you don't have kids. Um, or, you know, like some people just love to actually chill out in front of the TV or check the social media. Now, best case scenario, switch it off. Um, reality, it's not as easy uh, to do. So my... Tips would be um, if you're going to keep your screens on, uh, most Apple devices, and I haven't used um, Samsung or the other phones, but I'm sure they've got, got it as well. You can have a setting on your phone that if you set it up in a particular time, uh, the screen will take out the blue light. The blue light is the light that kind of keeps your brain or stops your melatonin production uh, at night, uh, which doesn't uh, help you just sleep. So I would turn that down or switch on the f- feature. Because melatonin, that's the good shit, right? Melatonin is uh, uh, a sleep hormone, or they call it a vampire hormone. Uh, we generally produce it in the morning, uh, and that's what helps you sleep. Uh, some people probably have supplemented mel- melatonin, which I don't suggest unless you're traveling a lot and you're really having problems. But if you're having really problems, uh, what you don't want to do is rely on that um, uh, supplement uh, because couple of reasons one when you're getting off the shelf it's really hard to figure out how much dose to put in and how much dose you need so you can the worst case scenario your body will go well i've got heaps of this melatonin i don't need to produce any more and then you kind of are um, stuck on that on melatonin forever and you'll never kind of get your circadian rhythms in order so uh, i generally recommend you don't supplement unless yeah, like if you're traveling overseas, which most of us mm-hmm. not doing, but if you're traveling overseas, you're there for, you know, two days for business trip and you need to get your sleep sorted as soon as possible. That's probably a time you would want to do it. Naturally, uh, the best time to get melatonin is in the morning when you wake up. So the pro tip is um, don't wear sunglasses in the morning. So get the blue light in the morning. Yep. So, you know, tell your brain, hey, I'm awake. It's daytime. Um, I'm good. Start producing melatonin for following night's sleep but then at night you want to switch off the blue light and this is where we get caught out and this is where the the lady what was the name sorry james chelsea pottinger chelsea would would have put that um in there because we don't want a blue light at night so a general rule is as soon as the sunset um sunsets uh that's where you should yeah minimize any light uh, including the blue light which is generally in our tv devices so yeah, uh, I totally agree with it. Um, really, realistically, if you can't do it, uh, switch on your settings or invest in a pair of uh, blue blocking um, uh, light uh, glasses. Blue so, light blocking. Is that what I say? Yeah, you said blue blocking. Blue blockers. Yep, blue blockers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tip number two: Don't look at your phone for the first eight minutes of your day. Uh, agree again. Um, it's so easy to, and we all, again, I'm, I'm sure most of us are guilty that we jump on the phone and we start scrolling on our social media or emails. The danger, and I'm not sure what she said, but um, for me, what I tell my clients and my athletes, the danger is, you know, you might wake up, you might be feeling maybe a little bit down and you'll see the Instagram post you don't like or you'll see the email that you don't like, essentially, and they'll put you in a bad mood and you're kind of starting a day in a bad, bad mindset. Uh, the general rule is, yeah, I agree, try not to use your phone first eight minutes of the day. However, um, 
you know, and we spoke about this before, you know, like just remind yourself, what are you grateful for? Who are the important people in your life and who are you thinking about? So just kind of um, get into um, positive yeah, mindset. Almost word for word. Um, the only thing that I kind of add to that that, um, that she said was, in the morning your, bl- your brain's like Play-Doh. Like plasticine, so yeah. when you're saying the first things you're seeing is something negative, that then resets your mind for that day. And the more negative things, or the more if you if you go for those short little dopamine hits, which social media is, means that that's how your brain is getting wired for the day. So you're setting it up. For, you're almost setting yourself up for failure by doing that um, for those first eight minutes. Um, yeah, totally. But also that what you just said about gratitude there, I think that's key. Mm. Actually stopping and thinking about what you're grateful for, um, and start of the day is a perfect time to do that. Yeah, and I, I will talk about this in uh, near the near the end of the goal setting. But I think I personally, uh, this time of year, I'll obviously I love to reset my goals and think about what I want to achieve next year, and, and also think about what went well this year, what didn't go as well. But also think about people and people I'm grateful for in my life, because um, quite often you can forget about key people and key relationships, and new relationships as well, um, which I think is really important. That's stuff that matters. Um, that and uh, Santa presence <laughs> number three no more than two glasses of wine to have a good night's sleep yeah so um uh i generally would recommend no alcohol whatsoever um in in really kind of basic terms uh when you drink alcohol uh and everyone's different uh and this is quite extreme but you're putting poison in your body that your liver or your body needs to process. Um, and generally you'll find, for those that do measure their heart variability or they measure the kind of their quality of sleep, even a, you know, a glass or beer of alcohol can throw that out. All that said, um, there are cultures and um, some of your crew, Maltese crew and Mediterranean crew, they believe in having a few glasses of wine and there have been studies to show that it can improve your sleep because wine does contain a compound called uh, GABA. I forget the actual compound, but it can increase the sleep. That said, um, the tip is, to, again, to have it with fat. So you'll find a lot of those cultures that are studies that will have that wine over like a olive olives or olive oil or some sort of fatty meal and it'll sip on that really slowly in a social setting. So they're not going to be drinking on an empty stomach quite fast. It's super slow with a fatty meal and they have there is evidence they can actually improve your sleep. Because the fat has an impact on the absorbent rate, absorption rate. Yeah, right? totally. So you don't absorb it as quickly. Um, and, you know, like this is also for the young stokers as well. Like, uh, again, we've been guilty of it when you play a game and then, you know, you, you might not eat all day because you're playing the game and you have a little bit of food, you finish the game and you get on the, on the beers or you start celebrating and next minute you don't remember, you you know, you, you, you piss. So, like, um, you should always have some sort of food and not, never really drink. If you're going to have alcohol, don't drink on the empty stomach. I mean, that's kind of basics. Um. Uh, number four, seven hours sleep a night with a minimum of 1.5 hours of REM sleep. Um, yeah, so this is, um, yeah, this is, it, yes, I totally, obviously agree with everything. However, um, sometimes getting the seven hours sleep can be difficult. Um, so I always, to me, it's like about quality rather than amount of sleep. But 
doesn't matter what you do. If you're amazing with uh, not wearing sunglasses in the morning and if you're amazing with your food and stuff, if you're only getting five hours a night, you're still going to struggle to hit your um, numbers. Now, so what she says, REM stands for rapid eye movement sleep. Um, one and a half hours. I, I, I actually call for two hours uh, for most of my clients. Yeah, that's your deep sleep, right? No. So REM is uh, rapid eye movement. That's more memory yep. um, and your brain. So that's so body will always prioritize your brain. That's number one because that's deep sleep is your SWS or slow wave sleep. Uh, that's the one that, and I think we spoke about this before, this, that's the body, right? So... Mm-hmm. 80% of your human growth hormone gets uh, released in a deep sleep. So um, something that's probably been a trend the last few weeks, you know, like a lot of kind of coaches that come out and, you know, we can get caught up in supplements and foods and all this recovery, you know, cold hot showers and, you know, like red lights and all these things. And they're all great and they all have served a purpose. But something that's most powerful and it's just always going to trump everything is sleep. And it's sometimes we can maybe lose a track of all those gadgets, proteins, and whatever recovery modalities. Where sleep is probably the most important one. Um, so I imagine she would have encouraged you guys for REM sleep because of your more corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, and but again, um, I think we spoke about AJ. I'm not sure if we spoke to AJ on the podcast or uh, off the air, but. Um, you know, as a coach, as an athlete, if you are sitting in a team talks and you're not picking up anything that's going on or you sit in a team talk and you go out and you forget everything, mm-hmm. well, that's maybe because you're not getting enough sleep. You know, like it's if, – if a coach needs to repeat the same stuff over and over, uh, maybe you need to – and you don't just don't get it, maybe you need to look into your um, – yeah, your, your sleep and your quality of sleep, your memory. Um. So the next one was an interesting one. So we did this one at work and the question was, what do you sleep in? So mm-hmm. suddenly we got to know a little bit more about all the people that we work with because um, the recommendation is to sleep with as little clothes as possible. Yeah, I think um, – so uh, again, according to research or – What do you sleep in? It depends on width. Um, you know, if um, – should I edit this out or – No, no, I just <laughs> – uh, No, I um, – Look, I'll just go undies and look, I'll be I'll be brave and vulnerable on this podcast as always I am, but I've got this really weird fear of that uh, if a house gets caught on fire that I'll uh, have to run out nude. Uh, so I always, you know, in my undies, usually a good pair of undies. Um, and it's been, you know, a lot of years and it still hasn't been any fires. Um, but you're prepared. I like to be prepared, yeah. yeah. So, um, But to be serious for one second, uh, good tip. Uh, so there's a book called Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker, which basically talks about all the science and research on sleep and uh, sleep science. Um, and what they talk about for ultimate sleep, especially deep sleep, uh, the ultimate room temperature should be 18 degrees, which is pretty cold. It's, cold. it's pretty fresh. Yeah, it's cold. Um, in Australia, as we uh, all know, uh, sometimes in summer <laughs> we do get like a hot, a humid summer. So, you know, Cooling, and if you don't have aircon, this could be quite um, difficult. So we can talk about tips for that as well. Uh, for European nations, you all oh, in Europe, you also in summer it does get um, hot as well. But yeah, like obviously, if your ultimate temperature is to be eighteen degrees, you want to be sleeping less, 
least amount of clothes as possible. That said, uh, I'm going to give my uh, sponsor a bit of a plug, Under Armour. There are no science and, and there are kind of more research into uh, different sheets and different pyjamas. Uh, they're meant to kind of keep your body temperature. And to be honest, it's just meant to make you feel comfortable so you sleep well. So, you know, like, uh, it, you know, when you change a uh, fresh pair of sheets and, you know, and if it's if you're in, if, if in a financial position to get, a, you know, quality cotton sheets, it, you do sleep better. You feel... What's your thread count? I forget. I always go for highs the better, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I forget. I always yeah. go for highs, although I haven't bought sheets in a while. They're not cheap. They're not cheap. Yeah. What's yeah. what's what do you recommend? What's uh? I don't know. Keely's responsible for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah higher the better. Uh, in the summer, it's better as well. So you don't sweat as much. Bit of Egyptian cotton. I'll just get any cotton possible. Nice. Is that, a, is, that is that a real thing? Egyptian cotton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's legit. Um, number six, breathing exercises to manage stressful situations. Yeah, let's, uh, again, we covered this in a pod along the way, talk, talked about box breathing. Uh, to remind listeners, uh, box breathing is, again, probably the easiest way to kind of put you in the um, um, rest and digest, uh, parasympathetic uh, nervous system. Um, and the studies to show that even doing a minute of a box breathing, you can drop your anxiety and stress by, um, you know, like 60 or 70%. Um, just uh, if you're wondering what a box breathing is, it's really simple. You're breathing through your nose and you're trying to breathe through your diaphragm. So you might breathe through your nose for four seconds, hold your breath for four seconds, breathe out through your nose for four, hold for four. So is that kind of box pattern. Um, and there are obviously a lot of different breathing techniques now. Uh, there's a lot going on in breath work and science of diaphragm and what it does to our body. Um, Wim Hof is, I guess, one of the most famous ones. That said, I'll, I will remind Stokers, Wim Hof's probably better to getting you into that stressful situation mm. um, to kind of get you more alert. Yes, uh, he, he, his technique is um, quite aggressive. Still works. Definitely, mm-hmm. it's it's good to tip your toes into it. Uh, definitely, don't do it in the water. I know I've seen people try to do it in the water and going underwater and stuff. Don't do that. It can be dangerous because you can black out. Um, uh, and it, it's actually quite common, especially for those that haven't done it. You can black out quite easy. Um, but there's so much science about breath work, and maybe next year we can talk about you know like techniques how to recover really fast between the quarters or fast counterattacks or techniques. Uh, again, for those UFC fans, uh, if you pay attention what they do between the rounds, they usually have some sort of breathwork technique and ice to get them recovered to go to the next round. So, um, And one thing I'll add with breathwork as well, before bed, but even before you eat, if you had a stressful day, do your minute of breathwork um, because that's also, that's also going to switch on your digestive system. So sometimes if you're really stressed and you suffer from anxiety, um, you might be eating the healthiest meal ever, but if you're in a fight or flight, your digestive system's not on, so you're not going to absorb those nutrients. So maybe you know, do a minute of a breath work, um, and um, and then get into your food. This might be a little bit too deep for the pod, but religious and people that pray, it's kind of like part of it as well. You slow down, you breathe, you recover, you have your family, and then off you go, off you go, and you eat. So I'm not saying to pray or you know if you're religious, go for it, but. There is some scientific benefits. And they do that. say that the rhythm of most <laughs> prayers, whatever your religion might be, is very, very similar for that same reason because you go into that kind of tantric state 
yeah, yeah. So sometimes, yeah, we, whatever. I don't want to get into religion and stuff, but yeah, there's, there's a purpose for it, and it's somewhere that actually kind of makes sense. Um, now do we dig into it? Well, mate, that was our top six. What'd you think? Ah, grouse and uh. It's always good to kind of go over those things and, you know, gives us a reminder as well, you know, to uh, get back to our night routines and morning routines and to be healthier. And I always say, and we say, healthy athletes usually the better athlete. So, Talking about good athletes, New South Wales water polo grand finals, couple of cracking games on the weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I, I didn't get to watch all of it. I just watched the scores of the girls' game, which seems like it was uh, – a big game, um, and I watched the last quarter of uh, men's grand final. But did you well, get to watch? I watched all the girls' one and watched a little bit of the men's. Um, what did you think of the men's final? Let's start with that. Actually, before we do that, let's go back to last Wednesday, the major semi-final, where Balmain played against Uni. Um, Balmain hung in with them till till about half time. Then Uni just pulled away at the sort of second half. Big third quarter from uni and um, Balmain couldn't catch up. Um, but what I really liked about the Balmain team is they've played with a lot of young kids in there. Um, Joel Smith, um, Daniel Monk both played big minutes. They started, both played big minutes and played really well. So put then Matt Wilson at centre forward and suddenly you've got a really young core nucleus coming through. And the way that, that Balmain played... Team play was really good against a very, very good Sydney Uni team. Yeah, I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. And I think, you know, and, and luckily I've been part of the rebuilding process with Nate. And, he, you know, uh, he's always, and even in the podcast, he always said, you know, he, he, he thinks, you know, two or three years ahead. He's not thinking about just season. And, you know, uh, Balmain as a club has invested a lot of time, coaching, uh, resources, money into the juniors. Mm-hmm. And they're getting the momentum. They're, they're just each game, each season, they're getting stronger and stronger. So as those Groms get even stronger and they just grow into their build, I think Balmain is definitely going to be um, one of the top sides. So, um, you know, um, biased because we're both ex-Balmain and I worked with Balmain. But, um, you know, it's just good. Good to see anyway. And it's um, good to see good young kids coming through, regardless of where they're from. Totally. Um, um, and I must admit, you know, like I watched – the Sydney Uni side, and that seemed like they had a really good balance of young and old as well. Yeah, they um, do. So, you know, well done to Sydney Uni. Like, again, um, I think going to the game as a big favourite is never easy, especially against Balmain young side, and it seemed like they did a job. Uh, then watching against West, who's – like, um, I mean, the West is just such a quality side, so – and they know how to play well in big games. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, Sydney Uni, to their credit, were, were too good in the final. Yeah, um, and, and well, I mean, again, I only watched the last quarter and, and a bit of highlights, but it seemed like, you know, in typical West fashion, they, they, they started mounting a bit of a comeback. Yep. But Sydney Uni was good enough to kind of break the pattern and um, and, and, it, and stop that and, and win quite, you know, I want to say easily, but it win, won quite uh, convincingly on the end. Yeah, but I'll, you said before Sydney Uni's got a good balancing team. They've got very, very good centre forward. Um, they've always played with good structure in attack and defence. Um, but they've also, they seem to play with a bit more purpose now. Like quite often Sydney Uni teams are very well structured. They've got got all the all the bows in the arsenal but don't quite 
don't play well when it really counts. But this team seems to be better at actually um, converting those situations. And and one thing I'll add, like, again, I'm going off the last quarter, like, West, an extra man, look sharp. Their ball skills are great. I mean, they've got quality, quality players. Sydney Uni, they were um, just scrambling. Mm. And it just it's, it's always good to see. Like, it might not be pretty, but they're just – I love watching teams that are just scrambling and, and, and putting that pressure and – it might not be pretty, yeah. but it's quite effective and, you know, like, you know, like all due respect. How, but how many times do you see these teams with these really crisp, beautiful ball movement, but because the defence is scrambling, they're not passing with a purpose. They're not pulling no. them out of position and, and they manage to – they can pass the ball for 20 seconds and then still get, not get a shot away. No, that's exactly Beautiful, right. crisp passing, but without yeah. purpose, it doesn't, doesn't pay off. And Anthony, you know, does cause a bit extra – uh, pressure on the shooters as well. So no, well done to Sydney Uni, and you know it's it's a shame. Or well, actually, we don't know if National League is going to go ahead, but I think um, there are definitely some good teams, and it would have been some pretty close competition if it does go ahead. Is it? I mean, what's the story? Last I heard, that it was going to be a like a ten day or a week tournament, like a yeah. national style format. Uh, Unreal. I think it's going to be yeah, it's going to be great to watch that because it's every game is going to be tough and. There's literally going to be, um, yeah, like that. It's, 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 I love it. Like, uh, teams that are kind of recovered, they're the fittest and uh, the ones that recover the quickest and smartest, and um, uh, will probably get a bickies. But also, what an, ex- what an experience for the younger players coming through to be in like a pressure situation where you've got everyone, all clubs there watching each other play and against the best players in the country. Um, like you look at that Sydney Uni team and you've got. Yeah, you've got your George Fords, your Gorans, your Anthonys, but then you've got these young kids coming through. Um, yeah. How good for them to play play with those guys and then on the flip side, the guys who are playing against them. Um, yeah. For Joel Smith to be able to mark up on Goran the other day, like, yeah, he got school, but you learn something from that. Oh, totally. I mean, that's that's exactly how you get better. You know, you you, uh, you lose and you learn, right? What's the saying? Is that you lose and learn? You hope so. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, you hope so. Um, no, it was exciting And actually on that as well Talking about juniors uh, I watched bits of A few weeks ago That um, uh, Threes Or what's the uh, The Mighty M3s No The um, There was a, comp- a Cap 7 um, Oh yeah The, the um, fast Clash th- of the um, Clash of the Champions Yeah the fives. And yeah I mean it was Cool concept I really enjoyed it It was fast But um, I was impressed With some of the juniors yeah right. Yeah, like just like good skills, good, and it's you know they're fast game. You can't you're constantly going. Look look tough. Looked you know, so it was good. Um, and you know it's it's kind of you know like cool to see girls and boys play like in the same like, yeah. and and girls had a unique kind of advantage, and I don't know it was just something about it, it was quite quite good. So I enjoyed it. Very nice. Uh, girls grand final What a cracker Yeah So I only followed The tweets Or Instagram stories And it looked like Sydney Uni Had it in the bag And oh. I think Mind you Earlier in the year um, You called it pretty early Yeah um, I was, I mean, uh, Credit where credit's due Early in the season When we were, were Doing our tipping Each week uh, I must say I was tipping against the Tigers And every time You were like Nope they're going to come good They're going to come good And and they sure did. Yeah, look, um, I'll be honest, and I'll be again. I'll be brave and yeah. vulnerable here. Yeah. Um, that was a fluke. I had no idea what I was talking about, but I'll take it. 
But look, on paper, that Balmain team should not have come anywhere near that Sydney Uni team. Yeah. And after the first quarter when they were down 6-1, I think everyone thought it was going to play to the playbook. And James, you know what I say? You don't win grand finals on paper. You certainly don't. Mm. And um, but what a turnaround. Yeah. And against a Sydney Uni team that's got half the national team in it. Yeah, and in a close group by looks of it as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, And I guess that's also what you've got to sort of, you've got to question that. Mm. How's this team that's up 6-1 with a lot of the national team players, how are they not closing out that game? Yeah, well, I mean, but then also you don't want to take away from Balmain to hang in there and not give up. You know, quite often you can get a scoreboard pressure and just give up, but the self-belief for them to keep going and go goal by goal and get it even. And then, um, yeah, it was a, it was totally. pretty close and last quarter, wasn't it? It was a goal for goal. Yeah, it was goal for goal and um, Uni drew to level with about a minute and a half to go. Yeah. Um, and um, Nika Thomas scored the scored the winner. Oh, legend, eh? Great player. I think it was a uh, from about eight or nine meters. Yeah, it was a, a lob. Oh, lob top left corner. Jeez. Um, but the, one of the, there was a critical turning point for me when um, Uni were up. They were on a roll. They got a penalty. Yep. Balmain goalkeeper saved it. Oh, big huge. save. Yeah. Balmain went down the other end. They got a penalty. Scored that. Huge. For me, that was a huge. It was a huge. Like, if they score that, if Uni score that penalty, then it's almost done. You know, yeah. that's five, six up, seven up. Happy days. It's it's over. But big two goal turnaround. So it was a huge save. Um, but then big goal at the other end. That's why I always liked. Um, and again, I I'm not a coach, right? But I always liked when uh, if you're down a few goals. Um, and uh, you remember, remember, like I so say, let's say if you your opposition team, you're about to take a penalty. Instead of having to two players on either side to get a scraps, just put one player right behind. Yeah, so put it's that on it. put a pressure on the penalty if they miss. Yep, gold and that like it just, and you know, obviously it's it's a bit of mind games and stuff. And there's nothing worse if a goalie saves it and then there's a rebound and then you know. Yeah, but what are you going to lose? Don't you know, yeah. like you've got to. You've yeah. got a one-on-one situation anyway. so But just trying different things. And, and look, Danielle's coach, she did try different things. She changed the tactics around a little bit. Um, the team do play a good team brand of water polo, Balmain, and they have the whole season. So it was, um, yep, good to see them. And good to see players that, that aren't in the national program making a big difference. So like Matty Schmidt scored four goals. And I think that's so important. And we touched on importance of national players playing in a comp. But then, you know, like having the standards so the national players are tested, having those really yeah. good first graders that might not be, they just mm-hmm. might be on the edge of fringe or maybe never play internationally, but they're just great first graders. Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll front up, they'll step up to, the, um, to those national players and just give them a hard time and, yeah. you know, not let them just show up and do their thing. So, well, two of you in his top. Players, the two of their national team players were out on three majors in the third quarter. Yeah, it's, 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 sorry, sorry for Sydney Uni, but it's just great for the sport. You know, it's a great, um, yeah, that's that sport, right? We love it. That's why we love the. Um, but um, yeah. so anyone who missed those games and wants to see them, I'm pretty sure they're still up on Clutch TV. So it's worthwhile watching. And it was um, great. Um, again, what I was seeing was great um, coverage, like a few different camera angles. It was really good, and um, Westy and Deb did a great job. Yeah, commentating. That's what I was going to say, really very good. good. 
yeah, I mean, we can probably do better, but I think we'd do a little bit differently. But yeah, um, anyway. so they're, yeah, they're probably more educated on uh, than us. Might do a little bit more research than us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's Sydney Comp Grand Finals. Awesome to see, and um, can't wait to see what happens in twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it, and um, yeah. It's good to see water pull after such a crazy year. It was good to see some water pull in the end, finish up on a high. Fantastic. Talking about 2021, let's talk goal setting, Marin. Yeah, so um, I guess uh, for some players and actually for everyone, the New Year's kind of that, there's that weird psychological, um, you know, like a reset. You know, you're starting fresh. You know, you, you get to uh, right your wrongs. It's like the know. first game of a season. Yeah, so you get to, you know, start again. If you're not eating really well or not sleeping really well, if you put on a few pounds, if you didn't train as well, you just, you know, Gen what? 1. Oh, you're looking at me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're looking at myself. <laughs> but, you know, it feels like the, everything gets, you know, the scoreboard gets scrapped. Mm. You start again. Um, and, yeah, like it's um, it's – Everyone's really motivated, uh, but it's a crazy stat that uh, the you know the news of solutions only last for um, a couple of weeks. So it's important to have really clear um, um, goals, so you stick with them and you can remind yourself why you're doing it. And hopefully, if you get past the first two weeks, you'll 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 stick to it and, and see some great results. Whether it's you know your mental wellness physical performance appearance whatever but now like so you've worked with you've worked with athletes you've worked with teams you've worked with um you've worked with executives on on setting goals and what why why do you set goals what's the what's the benefit yeah so there's a there's a crazy um there's a study out there to say like you know for those that don't write their goals down you know the chances of achieving them is like pretty much impossible so for everyone that, um, you know, sets a SMART goal, which we'll define s- shortly and uh, hopefully listeners know about SMART goals, it's an acronym. But for those that do it, they're more likely to achieve them. And if, you know, it, maybe you don't want to achieve them, but if you need to change the path, it's much easier easier to um, figure out where you went wrong or what you need to fix, add, take out or whatever. So acronym, SMART, um, I think we all learned this in year 12 or year 11 or maybe we learned it as athletes but a bit earlier Uh, but you know s uh, specific so make sure you set a specific goal you know you know exactly what you want to do and again on this pod we spoke about not as a coach and as an athlete not being general you know like uh, you need to fix your defense what does that mean it's not really specific so you need to be specific about what your goals are you know particular time you want to swim um on a particular gym test you want to achieve, whatever it is. But you want to be smart goal, uh, measurable. So it's touching it then, be able to measure it so you know if you're actually on the right path. Um, achievable. So um, me wanting to fight in the UFC is probably not very achievable. Uh, so it probably wouldn't be a very wouldn't good goal. Wouldn't be much of a fight. I don't know if you get too many <laughs> pay-per-view <laughs> listeners for that one. Yeah, so uh, thanks for... Uh, Cutting me down like that. No worries. Uh, uh, realistic again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably not a realistic goal for me to be fighting yeah. in the UFC, but you never know. You know, there's always belief. But yeah, you want to make your goal re- realistic, and then time, like when you want to actually get to the goal. So 
that's a really basic kind of formula when you're setting out goals. I always suggest speak to your coach or mentors um, when it comes to those goals so they can sort of uh, reproof it and make sure you know, you're on the right path. Um, generally when people, you know, like in wellness, it's like, oh, I want to lose weight. So it's like, well, what does what it do mean? You, yeah, what does that mean? You know, so yep. it's like, the, I guess the weight loss goal, should we go with that one example? So um, specific, okay, I want to lose some fat. Uh, measurable, it's got to be, I want to lose um, five kilos yep. of my fat on my gut. <laughs> um, achievable, yeah, yeah, I think you should achieve, yep. achieve your five, five, five kilos. Um, realistic, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you can yep. <laughs> stop drinking yep. and time by four weeks' time, so uh, that would be probably a pretty that's probably pushing it, broad, yeah. Well, it depends, mm. um, depends what you're talking about, but anyway, that's kind of an example of a smart goal. So, you just want something that you can actually measure, um, uh, and, and achieve. But I guess when you're even you're setting your goals, like if you like for me, you start with it's good. You need your, your specific goals, but before you kind of get to that, I think you need to understand your values and your priorities. So, uh, for me, if it's if it's me working with my team at work, if it's working with a a, a water polo team, or even as individuals, I think it's going to be clear what the values are. So, and even if that's just you at home with your family, it's got to be clear to make sure that you're kind of defined as to, to what those kind of values are. So that under, underpin that is the purpose. We've spoken so much this year about making sure that what you do, there's a purpose to it. Yeah, and It translates to what's going to mm. make you a better player, a better person or whatever. Yeah, so that then that can then, you can d- identify the strategies that, that lead into that purpose and those values and then off the back of that, that's where you start setting your smart goals. So you've got to make sure that those goals, and if that weight loss is part of it, well, then that should align to one of your values, which is about fitness and well-being. Yeah, and right. and, and and okay, if you, on what you just said as yeah. well, like I think it's, that's why it's so good to um, speak to your coach or your mentor or your trainer or whatever, because for example, you might think you losing five kilos is something that's going to make you water polo player, better water polo player, which. Yeah might have nothing to do with your game. So mm. I think it's always good to run those goals by someone that you trust and obviously not, not, not going to judge you and they're approachable and they can have, you know, you trust their opinion and they can give you the honest um, decision. So, you know, you, to what you said, like make sure you set the goals to what matches, you know, what you actually really want. Yeah, because if you look at that, if you look at that goal when you lay that into your purpose and values, right, you actually go back and go, well, why am I saying I want to lose weight? Well, I actually, I don't want to lose weight. I want to feel, I don't, I don't feel good in myself. I don't feel good in my yeah. body. So therefore that's, at, that might not necessarily be a weight loss thing. That might be like you've spoken about. It might be about movement. It might be actually, I, I want to move better. I want yeah. to feel better in my skin. And that's not about losing weight. That's about being active and doing things. So that then completely changes what that goal is. And that's what, um, I guess the common faults are seen with water polo and setting goals for performance, it's like, you know, I want to increase my bench press. I want to bench 100 kilos. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, that might be good for your self-esteem and make you feel great in the gym and it'll give you a beautiful pecs and deltoids, no problems. But 
we know it's not going to make you a um, a better water polo player. If that's what you want, like you know, so you kind of have to figure out also what, yeah, like as as you mentioned, like yeah. And I think this is also another great time to while you're looking at your values, looking at your purpose, looking at those goals, is to before you even get down to your goals, work out what are my strengths and weaknesses. Um, a few people that we've had on the pod this year have talked a lot about that in downtime whether it's been because of uh, COVID, if it's been because of injury. Um, like Rowie Webster talked about it at the start of the... When we did a first podcast with her, when she's going into a new Olympic cycle or a new training cycle, Blake Edwards talked about it when he got injured, looking at where strengths and weaknesses are and using the time to set goals and, per- and, and values and purpose that align to where your strengths and weaknesses are. Well, Tim, Tim Hamill, I think, spoke about it. Um, but I know Tim is big on reviewing. 45 minutes in and we hadn't mentioned him yet. I'd oh, be stoked. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's, um, you know, like even if you're doing, even if you had a great year, great season, it's like it's great, but what can be better? You know, yep. what can you do that's better? You know, like and, and even if it was crap, it's like sweet. Okay, well, what what was good? Find what, what you actually did yep. well and let's build on that, right? So, you know, having those reviews and I think that's why those um, time is very good so every four weeks you can revisit your goal yep. and kind of go okay well no you did well this is good but what's next what what's can you next? do what else can, what you, can you do better that? right so it's quite positive and it's quite empowering and you know like and like anything where it's you know i'm sure everyone that's listening has played a game it's not the straight line like you're gonna have your setbacks and it's just part of being an athlete it's a part about just being a person you know whether it's corporate work uni water polo like you know i'm sure sydney uni will be reviewing their game you know and and they've done some great things like they were six one up they always done something but what could have done better yep and i guess one of the big things that i'm sort of focused on at the moment with both myself and also my team at work (laughs) is focusing on the process i don't know we talk about this a lot but not being out so outcome focused more and get the process right the outcome will look after itself Yes, you've got to have goals. You've got to be have, this is the direction I want to go in. But really focusing on on what the process is. I work in a creative team at work and if they worried about what the how their creative would be perceived by whoever gets it, creative is such a, such a subjective thing. Mm-hmm. What you and I might think is awesome is great. Someone else might not. Mm-hmm. And when you're putting something that is creative on a, on a table, on a podcast, on something like that, people are going to critique it. But you just got to worry about making sure the process is right. I was listening to uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, one of my, the greatest comedians ever to live. Um, again, for some of the younger audience, I'm sure you heard it as Seinfeld. Um, I think it's what you have most successful comedian ever, uh, known for Seinfeld episodes. Um, he was a, the in all his years stand up, he's never used a swear word. So he's never actually used a swear word. But one of the things that he talks about is systemizing um, his process of writing. You know, and he and he uses a lot of analogies, like, you know, you know, whether it's training, whether it's whatever, you just gotta do the work. Like you just gotta do the work, but have a system. Yeah. If things fall apart, then you can go back and go, okay, well, I need to work on this particular thing in my system and the rest of it's gonna take care of it. You Which know? You can look at that in so many different ways, but in, in water polo in particular, it's when when you're not playing well, when you're not uh, when your confidence is down, what do you go back to? 
Yeah, you, you go back to your systems, you go back to your structure, you go through the basics. You get you make sure your body position's right. When we talked to Reese Howden, he talked about when he's not playing well, all he focuses on is defence. Make yeah. sure he's doing the right thing in defence, going to the right position in attack, and then that builds his confidence back up. And then even, I think, AJ said it, or I might have said it, I can't remember, but like, you know, when you're having a shock, it's like, we'll make sure the next pass is a perfect pass. Just good, do a good pass. All you got to do is like, if I'm passing the ball to you that's two metres away, Make sure it's a good pass and then build from and that. You're right, then focus on the process. Yeah. All you can worry about is what's happening here. Yeah. And in a year where there's been, there's so much that's happening that we can't control. Mm. So worry about what you can control and go back to the process. So that's a big thing that I've been trying to work on at the moment. And I think that's, for me, that's something that when I'm looking at my goals and when I'm looking at um, strengths and weaknesses for the year ahead, it'll be, okay, well, what processes can we get better at? Yeah. And we probably need to get a bit better at some of our processes that we do here. And that's like, um, I mean, talking about processes, warm-ups, you know, there's a lot of arguments that warm-ups are maybe not necessary. Um, but I think one good thing about warm-up is part of the process of getting ready for the game. You know, it's like, and then you can tweak the process. You can tweak the warm-up, you know. Um, one of the things that I'm not a huge fan of is like when you rock up to your club training, you do no warm-up. But then you go rock up to the game and you do this like huge warm up. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're not practicing your process. You're not, you know, like, and I know when we played, we used to have the mock games when we used to go to a training game and yep. pretend it's a pro proper game and do yep. everything. Go to the process in the change room, drinking, doing the warm up and stuff. And then you can tweak that. And, you know, for some people, I know that long warm ups kind of almost burn them out mentally and physically. So they have to tweak that. So, you know, that's just an example of a system and a process. Or being a better player. Don't you? When I was coaching, you know what I absolutely hated that players would do. What, what was your beef? Not turn up in the right kit. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, again, part of the process, right? They're not thinking it's about the it. System. They're not thinking about it. Well, that's you know, like and and the young listeners and when someone has, especially if senior players, as a guy, you for not riding a right, not wearing a right shirt or whatever. It's not about the t-shirt. It's about attitude. That's what they're pissed off about. It's like, again, the process. Like if you – and we spoke about a starter's part about, you know, positive thoughts, you know, starting that well. Well, if you're starting your game day with the wrong shirt or wrong thing, well, you're already behind the process, you know. Like it's uh, – oh, you got me right up now. I'm going to be fired. <laughs> I used to – yeah, I agree with you. I used to like I – mean, you know, juniors out there, it's not about a shirt. It's about a process. Mm. So it's about attitude. It's like turning up to the gym with one shoe. Oh, darn, this Blake, seriously. <laughs> you copped it this year. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's if we just sort of go back on that, for me it's about making sure you've got the, the values right, then you yep. work on what your purpose is and, and what your purpose is for the year ahead and that might be a three-month goal, that might be a five-month goal, six-month goal, 12-month goal um, yep. and then strategies of how you achieve that and linked into those strategies are making sure you've got your smart goals that lean it, that, that align to that. But also on the side of that, working through your strengths and weaknesses to make sure that you're, you're improving on your strengths. Um, like we've always said, you need a 10. Yeah. In whatever you do, whatever whatever you're focusing your time and attention on, you need to have a 10. I and mean, if that's in water polo and you need a 10 shot or if that's in uh, business and it's about having the best strategies, then you need a 10 no matter what you do. And I'll just add on that. Um, I see this a lot in Australia. I'm not sure what's it like overseas. But sometimes a lot of people, or not a lot of, but sometimes people don't believe they can have their 10, you know. And I think yeah. you need to have the self-belief that 
everyone, you know, that's playing the game, young or old, you can have the 10 if you work on it. And again, goes back to this process. But like, if you say, I want to have the strongest shot in the world by six months with the right coaching, right guidance, mentoring, well, you can break that down to what you need to do each week and how we can measure it yep. to achieve that, um, you know, 10. Now, you might, in six months, you not, might not you might not get a 10, but you might get nine because you did a process and stuff. And that's yeah. still better than just, oh, I'll just, you know, like I'll do what yeah. I'm doing, uh, whatever. You know, so what's the saying? If you shoot for a moon and, what was it? Stars. Aim for a stars, stars and if you miss, you'll land on a moon or something. I'm, I messed it up. But you get Close the point. You get the point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, like have the self-belief and whatever, like, you know, if it's I want to go to Olympics, no problems. Like, yeah, okay, speak to uh, your mentor and coach and they can maybe, you know, talk about it achievable and realistic. But why not? You know, like uh, you can set the prices and that process might require you to train 12 times a week and you might realise, oh, you know what, that's not achievable. You know, so it's like, again, going back to the goal setting and working backwards uh, to get your goals. But shoot for the stars and land on the Mars. <laughs> Close enough. Um, the other day you got me onto a podcast. Uh, which one? Gilbert. Oh, Gilbert and Nika. Who is he? So Gilbert and Nika, we, we shared a podcast. Um, uh, actually, I give credit where credit is due. Uh, TH, Tim Hamill, is the one that kind of started uh, the chain reaction. Um, he's a mental coach for All Blacks. Um, I think... Most of us know that All Blacks are one of the most successful franchise. Oh, no, franchise. They're team national team. So, but you're right. They're a franchise. Yeah. Well, that's, they're not yeah. a national team. They think yeah. they're above a national team. Yeah. Well, they're brand. They, they are. They're yeah. not. There's nothing about that team or that strip that is New Zealand. Yeah. They yeah. think they're above New Zealand. And you know, for, again, for listeners who want to read a good book of a cr- Christmas uh, legacy, it's a it's actually a business book, uh, but it's a good – if you're a sports fan, you'll like it anyway because it's about All Blacks' core values and how it can be um, translated to business. But there's so many sporting examples, not just from All Blacks. And, you know, uh, spoiler alert, but one of the things when All Blacks were actually doing not so well, they decided to uh, approach Saatchi and Saatchi, mm. a big marketing – is that a marketing company? Yeah, creative agency. And uh, rebrand All Blacks and, 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 and treat it as a brand and – since then, they winning success, you know, strike rates like well into high 80s, I think. Um, Just not in World Cup finals. That's true. Um, but actually, I mean, that's a good point, right? Like they they acknowledge that, but it's not be all and all because they got a process, right? And if they fall short, um, whether that be a semi-final, whatever, they go um, revisit what went well, what went wrong and how they can do better the following time following a World Cup or following game. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. So one of the things, one of the, the, there were lots of that podcast that I think we got out of, but one of the things that I really liked about when when he talked about what what he's been focusing on daily, and he said he th- focused on three things, mind, body and heart. So yeah. every day he does something that is linked to one of those three things, whether it's um Body, he goes for a run, does a really hard workout. Mind, he might do right. some kind of work, do some kind of um, uh, 
was meditate, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, sorry, meditation. Yeah. Sorry, he did meditation. Um, and then heart. And heart was watched. Uh, it was do something that you enjoy and don't feel guilty about. Yeah, it. that's I love so that. So he bit. binged on Grey's Anatomy or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with the the mind focusing on that meditation, I think he said half an hour a day. He did. Um, that might be five minutes for other people. It might be fifteen minutes. Might be whatever it is. Um, that might be even going for a swim or whatever mm. whatever it might be for you that helps you mentally. Do something for your mind, something for your body, something for your heart. And and hard one is like what what I really kind of went. Oh, it makes so much sense. Like being having a non guilty, you know, pleasure. No one's going to judge you. And that's what we spoke about started this podcast about switching everything off, off at nine o'clock. Maybe don't switch it off if you enjoy watching whatever silly show. But you know, put your glasses on or whatever. Be aware of it, but don't feel guilty about it. Um, enjoy it. You know, the same. Um, this can't relate, but with food, and I'm not encouraging people to eat shit food. However, like if you're gonna have ice cream and you feel like eating ice cream, have the best ice cream possible. Have a scoop, two scoops, and just love it. Enjoy it. And like I think it's nothing worse when we sometimes we fall off the nutritional whatever plan we're following. You have a bit of a slip up, and you have this worse guilt, and you talk yourself down, and you know, you like you just talk, you beat yourself up. It's like, no, have the as as uh, Gilbert will say, like, you know, enjoy it and be guilt guilt free, you know. And then the next morning I'll have a go at you and judge you, but don't worry about it. We'll talk about it next morning. What's your ice cream of choice? Uh, look, I um. Uh, Remember back in the day, we used to go on little gelato missions in yeah. Leichhardt. Uh, I always was a fan of a bit of lemon, you know, lemon. a bit of. Uh, you used to go a lemon and a chocolate combo. Sweet and they sour. They don't go together. Sweet and sour, baby. They don't go together. Sweet and sour. What did you? Uh, what's your favorite? Chocolate. Chocolate, yeah. Chocolate. Basic. I don't mind. Don't, but yeah, basic, yeah. But I don't mind mixing it up with a little bit of um, minta choc chip. Yeah, my daughter loves the mint choc. Uh, yeah, she frosts on it. Um, but yeah, like, uh, one thing that I got out of Gilbert, um, was, uh, and talking about team and, and this goes for all the coaches and stuff. And, you know, a lot of times you might have your superstar player leave and you might be stressing about next season because you have this hole to fill with, a uh, whatever your national, pl- national player and, and all blacks, everyone thinks all blacks got so much depth and that's why they're so powerful. But um, their mindset seems to be quite different. They don't, they, don't talk, they don't look at players. They look about legacy, you know, leaving the legacy. So if you get to play for All Blacks, you obviously picked for a reason because the team believes in you, the coaches believe in you. And if you just do your job, the team's going to be good enough, you know, and it's you're not there to replace where was there before you, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're there to leave the legacy. And, and you know, I think about it in water polo, especially, you know, when you know, great national player leaves or centre forward leaves, and it's like, well, no, like you don't need to. Rep- no one's going to. Re- no one's going to be able to replace Gavin Woods or Richie Campbell. Mm. But whoever goes in a position next is there for a reason and, and belief. You know, yeah, and also to that, it's performing at the big at the big moments, the big times. We've talked a lot this year about the the best performers are the ones that, that are the clutch performers. When when a goal's needed, they. They they take the shot when yeah. when they when the hour comes, they're ready for it. And Gilbert talked a lot about how you picked for a reason to do that job. Yeah. So don't get the moment get let don't let the moment get bigger than what it already is. Yeah. And embrace it. Yeah, just do your job. Mm. You know, it's just, I mean, look, it's 
you know, we've been there before and you, you know anxiety can take over and you think that you need to score a triple bar in to win a game but it's usually no it's it's a it's a good pass yeah. that wins the game and quite often it's a little tap on or you know a little um you know, yeah, like a scrappy goal. Yeah, that yep. the wins you are a grand final. So, what was the grand final winning goal for the girls? Nyakas. From, from Triple Barry. <laughs> it, was, it was out top. It was, she kind of turned inside on about eight or nine metres and was kind of falling well, forward and a lob. Classic example, eh? Just Short did a job lob. and had a self-belief to do it and paid off. And even if she missed, would have been... You know, game on, play on, right? Play so on. Be like the MJ, Michael Jordan talks about it. it? you got to watch the Docker PS. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do, yeah. Um, yeah, well, hopefully... Um, what else? Uh, what are the last leaving things for the year? What do you want people to um, remember from the year? And um, um, I think, you know, it's... I haven't done my reflecting yet, Um I'm pretty stoked that we got to do this. Um, I think what I really enjoyed was people that we had in the studio that we, you know, have a good relationship with. Mm-hmm. But it's such a nice opportunity to really ask those questions that you sometimes don't really ask. You know, as I friends. love talking water polo with Gav. Yeah, like yeah. How many times do you get to have a chat with him down the baths about life, but not about water polo, not yeah. about what makes him tick? And it, you know, like, you know. Uh, just that, yes, exactly that. Yeah. But also, like, you know, like, uh, I really enjoyed, um, you know, and even the people that I, I, I talk water polo, like, all the time, like, you know, Nate Thomas and Tim Hamels and stuff. But, like, sometimes you have these conversations and I think, like, oh, wow, that was that was so cool. I wish I could share it. So yeah. it was, like, you know, having an opportunity to get us guys on the pod and, you know, like, and, and, and talk about their philosophies and experiences. And, you know, I'm hoping we get to kind of maybe revisit some of those people and, see how they got better from when we spoke yep. to them at first. And um, and obviously I had, you know, a good time talking to you and uh, you not talking to Mike and all the rest of it. Mate, it's only now, it's the last episode in, you've got me a good mic. Well, actually, I will, uh, we should apologise about Gav Wood's episode. There's been a fair few complaints and um, we'll, we'll, we'll get Gav on again. Um, and And... Yeah, because I think we got, a bit, we got a little bit fanboy with him too, didn't we? Oh, it was amazing. So, What were your uh, highlights, lowlights, any betweens? Oh, look, again, just being able to talk water polo with people, um, being able to and also see what makes people tick and a few of the common traits that the these elite athletes all have. Um, that's what I really enjoyed. I enjoyed chatting with AJ, with Blake, um, even Rowie and Leah at the start oh, of the year. And that uh, was, was phenomenal. It was, uh, it, a lot of it was a real eye-opener for me. And also, we, we don't really have a, a really close relationship, so it was kind of cool to uh, talk to people we don't know and talk water polo yep. and get their insights. Um, so I hope we can bring more of that next year. And uh, i also like to thank to all the listeners as well for being patient with us. Uh, first year is the worst year. Yeah, it's been a learning process for us. I and mean, but thank you for all all, um, all listener questions. There's been some really good ones throughout the year. Yeah, and I really enjoyed That was actually mm-hmm. one of my also favourite parts when people write in. And um, not that I'm trying to encourage this too much, but I do like the funny non-water polo slash water polo questions uh, as well. So, you know, for those that stuck by us, thank you. And I encourage you to uh, write in um, water's questions. And yeah, so... Um, 
We'll be back in 2021. We'll be back bigger, stronger than ever. So in the downtime, please send through any questions. We'll do our best to... Feedback. Feedback. And, um, yep, any questions, we'll write back in the meantime and build it up for a, a big January 2021. Can't get worse, right? It can't. It can't no. go. It can no, only go can't up. can't get worse. It yeah. can't go yeah. up. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, have a safe Chrissy. Chrissy, New Year, and uh, see you on the flip side. Bye.